0: may feel like you've been looking at this slide all year. You have been. Uh, that's our theme here at Northside for 2013, if you're visiting with us. Uh, that's how we do things, is pick a theme and then try to build a few series around that. And this year we've been talking about living by the book. We believe this book is the infallible word of God, so what better way to live than to follow the book We've talked about living eternally by the book, living confidently by the book. We talked about kingdom living by the book. We looked at the Sermon on the Mount in some detail. And then our last series was about home restoration by the book. Today, we finish our series on growing old by the book. I said when we started this series a few weeks ago that it had been requested A number of folks had asked me, well, why don't you preach about the the troubles and the difficulties and the blessings of growing old? So that's what we've uh, tried to do in this series. Uh, The four things we've looked at are are the fact of growing old. We spent a week talking about that. Then the purpose of growing old. Last time we were together, the hope of growing old. And uh, today we're going to talk about the goal of growing old. Last time we worked on the hope of growing old. And we talked about heaven. We we dreamed a bit about heaven, uh, and we found that the the uh, the hope of growing old is eternal glory. Heaven's kind of a shorthand term for that. It's really a lot bigger than that. Eternal glory that we're looking forward to. Uh, but we talked about heaven in uh, some detail, I think, and hopefully understand that's our hope as we grow old. Today, the goal of growing old. What's the goal of growing old? We've talked about uh, the fact that we're going to grow old. We've talked about the purpose, that there are lots of reasons God lets us get old. Uh, We've talked about that hope that we have as we grow older. Well, what's the goal of growing old? Uh, It's different than the purpose, the goal of growing old. It's hidden. It's not really hidden. It's right out there in front of us in 2 Corinthians 5, which was just read for you. Uh, Paul's talking about the difficulties of life, about having this, all the uh, the blessings that we have, the treasures that we have in Christ, we've got them in jars of clay. And these bodies fail, and as they get older, they fail faster and in different ways, and we've talked about all of that. But here's what he says toward the end of this passage. He says, therefore, we are always confident... And know that as long as we are at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. Uh, For we live by faith, not by sight. We're confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body. There's that hope of eternal glory and at home with the Lord. So what's, what's the answer here? We're getting old, we're failing, the body's wasting away, all that. We've got this eternal hope, there's reasons for it and all that. But in that situation, what's our goal? Paul says, so we make it our goal to please him. Whether we're home in the body or away from it. His whole thought in this passage is, it'd be better to be in heaven. It'd be better to be in eternal glory. But there's a whole lot of purpose for us staying here, and, and on and on he goes through all that, and he says, we're confident. It's okay either way. But wherever we are, whether we're still in the body, or whether we're in eternal glory, we make it our goal to please him. So let's see if we can figure that goal out. Now, it'd be kind of simple. I mean, the series is called Growing Old by the Book. The lesson, the goal of growing old, that we've got the answer from Scripture. Make it our goal to please God. So we could just have a standard sermon on, here's how you please God. We could pick out three things, you know, read your Bible, pray all the time, be joyful. Or we could pick some others, you know, be forgiving. Uh, We could add all sorts of things. This will please God if you do this. But instead of doing the standard things, because we're talking to a specific audience here, we're talking about growing old. So let's be a little more creative than that, perhaps, and try to anyway. I want to give you seven ways to please God and please the people that are around you and make your life better. I think you can do all three of those things if you set your goal to please God. And the benefits, side benefits, they'll also please the people you're dealing with as you grow old, and they're going to make your life better. Let's see if we can figure this out. First, welcome change. Welcome change. That's hard to do when you're growing old. Get set in your ways. And you want, Well, you don't like change so much. None of us really like change, but the older you get, it seems, the less we like change. But here's a way to please God and to please people around you and make your life better. Welcome change. Michelangelo, great greatest artist of all time, uh, carved from marble, two of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life, the, the Pieta and the, the David statue, uh, unbelievably beautiful. Pietà, I think, is the most beautiful man-made thing I've ever seen. He carved those when he was in his 20s. He was in his 20s when he carved those. And he went on to do other things, and he got so famous that the, uh, the Pope and the Vatican began to commission him to do all sorts of statues and, and things for the church. He was commissioned to do the the tomb of the Pope, and it had, I forget how many, statues around it, and it was supposed to be built this way and that, and all of that. And he just kept getting more and more famous and more and more jobs from the Vatican. And one uh, contemporary of his, another artist that was jealous of Michelangelo, this was later in Michelangelo's life, Decided he was tired of him getting all this praise and all these jobs. So he went to his contact in the Vatican. And he said, why don't you have Michelangelo paint something? That's not his specialty. That'll mess things up. He's good at carving stuff out of rock. But let's see if he can paint something. And so they gave him a job. Paint something. It was a ceiling. A ceiling of the Sistine Chapel And it was already laid out. It was supposed to be the Twelve Apostles, and Michelangelo looked at it, and he said, I got an idea. Let me do it my way. And he got the Sistine Chapel, the most amazing painting in the world. Uh, Later in life, when he was 74, they were building St. Peter's Basilica, and it had been going kind of slowly, and the architect wasn't doing too good. And so the Vatican asked... Michelangelo said, would you take over as architect, get this thing finished? He said, yeah, I can do that. 74, took the job of being architect for St. Peter's Basilica, worked on it for the rest of his life. He died at 88, and the dome was almost finished when he died, and some people have called the dome, which he engineered and built, the greatest creation of the Renaissance. 74, he started that. You can read about people like Edison who were still inventing things and patenting things when they were 85. Some of you may read the story in the paper a while ago or may know Lloyd Ratz that lives over in St. John, member of the church there. Uh, he's 98, still farming, just got a patent on something that he invented to make his job easier and all farmers' jobs easier. Welcome change. Uh, how about you? Maybe you're not a painter or a farmer. Maybe you're not 98. <laughs> but but when you get older, this is one way to please God and the people around you and make your life better. Uh, learn some new things. I know that's kind of difficult, so, and especially today when technology is so overwhelming. I say, every once, I don't want to learn anything new. Yeah, they say here's the newest version of this, or here's the newest thing, and I don't want to even learn how to work it. But I generally try to do it, even though I don't want to. I can text now. You know? <laughs> I'm a little slow, but I can't. I had something wrong with the phone the other day. I went in the Sprint store, and the tech came out and looked at it, and he did a bunch of stuff real, real fast. He said, okay, now key in your uh, email address Hand it back to me so I take it and I go <laughs> I saw him I saw him out of the corner of my eye <laughs> how about in the church welcoming change as you get older I already said it earlier And I said you can use your wisdom use your experience in the church that's why we have elders but be willing to change also. There are a lot of churches where people who are older stop all progress. They they don't don't welcome change. They say, we've never done it that way before. We don't want to do it any different. If you want to please God, please others around you and make your life better, welcome change. One way to get old is to sit around and Talk incessantly about the good old days. Here's my second tip. Uh, Act like these are the good old days. Act like you're living in the good old days. Have that kind of attitude, that kind of mindset. A man named Henry Durbinville wrote a book called The Best is Yet to Be. Listen to what he said. I feel so sorry for folks who don't like to grow old. I revel in my years. They enrich me. I would not exchange the abiding uh, uh, of soul, the, the measure of wisdom I have gained from the sweet and bitter and perplexing experiences of life, nor the confirmed faith I now have in the love of God. I would not exchange that for all the bright and uncertain hopes and tumultuous joys of youth. Indeed, I would not. These are the best years of my life. The way grows brighter, the birds sing sweeter, the winds blow softer, the sun shines more radiantly than ever before. I suppose my outward man is perishing, but my inward man is being joyously renewed day by day. Kind of makes you think of that lesson one about the attitude that we have. The fact of growing old is inescapable, but whether we grow old in spirit or not is something else. Act like these are the good old days. Number three, stay engaged in the kingdom. People plan on retiring. They look forward to retiring. And it's okay to retire. But just don't retire from the Lord's work. Stay at it. Find something to do. There's a famous evangelist named George Whitefield. We've talked about him before and when he was old, he was talking with some of his friends about the difficulties of ministry. And he, he said he was weary of the burdens. And he was looking forward to when he could depart and be with Christ. And some of the other folks there agreed with him, said, yeah, they were thinking that way too. And, and old Mr. Tennant sat over there and didn't say anything. And finally, George Whitfield leaped over and tapped him on the knee and said, Well, Brother Tennant, you're the oldest one here do you rejoice that the time is closer at hand than ever? He said, I've got no thought about it. They all kind of looked at each other and said, well, what do you mean? Old Brother Tennant said, I have nothing to do with death. My business is to live as long as I can and as well as I can and serve my Savior as faithfully as I can until he thinks it's time to call me home. Whitefield said, I took that as a general rebuke from the Lord. <laughs> look around. I find something to do. If you look around Northside, you'll notice uh, that there's, there's a lot of folks who get involved in a new ministry when they retire from their secular work. I don't know if you have to be retired to work on the kitchen crew or not, but there are a whole lot of folks in there. That have taken that. That's a hard ministry. And there's a lot of folks that have taken that up when they retire. Be a Bible correspondence course grader. Be a prayer pal. Maybe you think I'm too old to be a prayer pal. No, that's when you're ready to be a good one. You like to travel and you think, when I retire I'm going to travel a lot? Well, travel. Go visit a missionary. Stay involved, stay engaged in the kingdom. Fourth way, continue to praise and preach. Some of you say, well, what's that mean for me? Well, I got that out of Psalm chapter 71. Psalm 71, the 71st Psalm is when David's old. Kind of a, a, an old person Psalm. and he taught, We already looked at a few things in it. But look at one, verse uh, 8 in Psalm verse eight, uh, 71, verse 8. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Look up in verse 7. He's, well, look at verse 5. He said, You've been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. And then verse 7 says, I've become a portent to many. But you're my strong refuge, portent's a sign, a symbol. David says, people just look at me as, that's old King David. But, verse 8, my mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Go down to verse 14. But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteousness, of your salvation all day long, though I know not its measure. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O Sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me. And to this day I declare your marvelous deeds, even when I'm old and gray. Don't forsake me, O Lord, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. David was old and gray. He said, don't forsake me. Let me keep praising. Let me keep preaching. I'm going to tell other people about you. Fifth, depend on God more and more. And I know some of you are thinking, well, I've always depended on God. Well, I know you have, but with all due respect, early in your life, your dependence on God, a lot of it was theoretical. Uh, it was in your mind and you, you thought about it, but you, you had a lot of other help and support to depend on. As you grow older, you it, it's more practical than it is theoretical. For instance, just think of this. Early in your life, you got a lot of good friends around. You, you can count on them for things. The longer you live, here's a truism, the longer you live, the more of those good friends you bury. And if you live long enough, you don't have many good friends left. Around here, we've got a pretty sizable group of widows that support each other and help each other and pick each other up to to go places and do things together and all that. The statistics say women live longer than men. Don't know why that is. I've got some theories, but I'd get in trouble if I told you. But But in general, women live longer than men, and they have that support group. But the longer you live, that support group starts to go away. As all these helps you've got go away, you depend on God more and more. It becomes more and more practical and less and less theoretical. Sixth, long more and more for heaven. Now, I know what old Brother Tennant said, and I understand that. And I'm not worried about heaven. I'm just supposed to live here and do what I'm doing, and he'll take me when he wants to. I understand that in in a sense. But we're talking the realities of life here. As you grow older, one way to please God and influence those around you and please them and make your life better, is to do this, to, to start to long more and more for heaven. Paul said that's natural. Paul said, I know it would be better <laughs> to be gone. But let me just give you one example, to try to explain what I mean here by longing more and more for heaven. Uh, a member of this congregation, this happened a long time ago, called me to the hospital and one of them, their parents was, uh, well, had died. Now, it wasn't proclaimed pronounced dead yet. The machines were keeping the body breathing and all of that. But the family was gathered there and was trying to decide what to do. And the family wasn't a particularly religious family. In fact, I think the member here was the only Christian in the family. But they were trying to decide what to do. And one sibling in particular, didn't want to pull the plug. The doctor said, brain dead. Can't bring them back. We can try this and we can try this and we can try this and, and keep things going longer. And this one sibling said, try it. Try more. we got to try more. I can't let go. And we discussed that and the doctors came in and gave their opinion and all that. That's the difference I'm talking about. Uh, If you have no sense of that eternal glory, if you have no understanding of that, then you can't let go. You'll want to stay here. A Christian ought to long more and more for heaven. And as it gets closer to that time, a Christian should long more and more to go, and that's okay. Seventh, Be an example. Be an example. Think of it this way. Who do babies watch to learn how to walk and talk and eat and do everything they do? Older people. Their brothers and sisters, their parents, adults, the people that are around them, they watch them and they learn how to get through what's coming ahead. Well, growing older... When you grow old, you go through different things, and who's watching you? Uh, Us middle-aged folks are watching you old people. I know I said I was old when we started this series, but the more and more I talk about old, I I think I've changed my mind. (laughs) Seriously. Old people, uh, when you've grown old... You have so many chances to teach younger people just by living your life, to doing the things we've talked about in these four lessons. You get to show a proven faith. Remember we talked about that? You get to praise and preach. That's what David wanted to do. He said, let me show these young folks what you're like, sovereign Lord. On Sunday nights, we're studying faith walkers. We're looking at Bible characters who walked by faith to see how they lived and how they died. we got faith walkers right in here. By growing old, you've earned that chance to show what being a faith walker is. And we can learn from reading about the characters in the Bible, but when we've got somebody with flesh and bones to look at and to see and say, aha, that's what faith walking is. That's a great thing. There's seven things that I hope have been a little helpful. Now, put all that together and remember the goal. Second Corinthians 5, 6 through 9. We're confident. We know that as long as we live at, are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We're confident, I say. And we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal. To please Him. Whether we're at home in the body or away from it. There's the goal of growing old, is to please God. Let's recap before we quit. Here's the four things we talked about. And glory kept coming up. I kept thinking of, trying to think of a way to name all four sermons with the glory in it somewhere. And I decided to go with the fact, purpose, hope, and goal. But the fact of growing old is an inglorious thing. Remember the, from what we read from Ecclesiastes 12, tough getting old. That's yeah, not a glorious thing. Solomon said, there comes a time when you say, I have no pleasure in this. It's an inglorious thing sometimes to grow old. The purpose of growing old was to glorify God. To bring him glory in whatever you you do. We listed a number of things, but all of them were to glorify God. The hope of growing old is eternal glory. Heaven, if you want to call it that, but being in the glory of his presence for eternity. And the goal, the way Paul put it, was to please God, but you could just as easily say glorify God. Perhaps that recap will will help us think that, yeah, growing old tough, but it's all for the glory of God. I need to please him. My goal is to please him. I look forward to that eternal glory. We're going to sing a song in just a moment. says, I'll live in glory. Yeah, that's our hope. That's what we're looking forward to. Hopefully that's This four series has been a a helpful thing for those of us who are old now. You'll notice we talked about the fact, the purpose, the hope, the goal of growing old. Notice one thing I left out there? There was no sermon about the guarantee of growing old. No sermon about the guarantee of growing old. I couldn't preach that one because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Bible says, in general, average, you get 70 years. Somewhere there, you, you might live longer than that. The song that we're going to sing says, I'd like to stay here longer than man's allotted days. But it's not guaranteed. Brother Terry earlier prayed in his prayer this morning. He said, I pray if there's someone here that's not a Christian, if they'd take that step and become one today. You see, the the truth is, if you're planning, if you're waiting and putting it off and planning on some kind of deathbed repentance, no guarantees. No guarantee you'll have any warning. No guarantee you'll grow old. No such guarantee. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation today, God will bless you if you live to be old. It'll be easier growing old if you're a member of the body of Christ. But if you need to take that step today, take it. Let's stand and sing this great song together.